Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Courtside with Kurt podcast and Facebook Live series. Thanks for being back with me, Kurt Brown, longtime Standard Times Courts and Cops reporter. Thank you, Brendan. Nice to be here. And I'm Brendan Curie, the Standard Times digital editor. Uh, today we're sitting down to talk about the recent sentencing of Sorel Grace. He's uh, now a 20-year-old who was sentenced to 13 and a half to 18 and a half years for manslaughter uh, for the murder of Marcelo Jean Francois. Mm-hmm. This happened in 2015, mm-hmm. and uh, so you were down at the scene. The so he the murder happened, I think, a little bit before midnight, and mm-hmm. you were down there the next morning. What do you remember? From kind of covering um, that crime scene, I remember uh, many things vividly. The uh, it was Harrington Park uh, in the west end of New Bedford. Uh, it's right behind the Hathaway School uh, off Court Street. Uh, uh, it's a very popular uh, playground, and the playground had just been redone. And the thing that was most striking about it was that there were there was a bullet hole in the newly refurbished uh, uh, basketball court. It was a significant bullet. Uh, I'm sure kids are playing all the time and just heading down and trying to play some pickup hoops, and Mm. there's a bullet hole in the ground. Um, And this was from the night before, uh, from the murder. Um, The park uh, was, there was probably 15 to 20 of the victims um, uh, friends at the park they were setting up voltive candles uh the uh, victim's name was marcelo jean francois uh they were setting up voltive candles they were speaking to um reporters uh tv people um then neighbors are in close proximity to the park so they heard the gunshots the gunshots were about uh 11:45 the night before and i talked to this one man who came running from his uh his home and he performed cpr on the uh on the victim uh he said that he could not get a pulse uh, now fast forward to yesterday in Superior Court in Fall River, and the prosecutor said that three gunshots were fired. Uh, one went into the pavement of the basketball court. Um, two struck the victim. One went into his abdomen. The other one went into his heart, and that was the one that was fatal. Uh, the prosecutor also made a comment that uh, um, Neighbors of the uh, neighbors of the park came out to see what was happened to try to lend first aid. One person did perform uh, CPR on, on which the is a little heartening to hear. You often yes, hear of is. you know the the bystanders standing there and not doing anything. So it's you know I mean not it's a tragic case overall, but a little silver lining is at least it sounds like the neighbors reacted with uh, a little humanity. They sure did. I mean they consider that park to be their park. It's, good. it's always good when the when the community takes possession of something and, and really cares about it. But uh, so now, uh, 
since then, uh, information has kind of come out about what happened over the course of mm-hmm. that day and actually leading up to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe the whole thing kind of started with some Facebook messages mm-hmm. um, between uh, Sorel Grace and a friend of Marcelo. That's correct. Francois, not him himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so take us through, there were a few other incidents kind of leading up to this. Um, the uh, <clears throat> So there were... Facebook interactions, Facebook chatter. Um, I've talked to so many police who, who tell me that violence often starts because of Facebook chatter back and forth. People just feeling that they're disrespected uh, in their conversations. That's kind of where the beef begins. Is that's they, you that's know, the Start talking tough guys on Facebook that's and right. it uh, spills out into real life. Um, that's absolutely correct. Uh, so this was that was on May fifteenth of uh, two years ago of two thousand and fifteen, and then uh, toward the end of um, end of that month, the uh, person the, who was a friend of of uh, Francois uh, had some marijuana stolen at gunpoint by the uh, by Sorel by Sorel. And uh, then about 45 minutes before the murder, uh, and Sorrell uh, took a gun and hit the side of a face of another friend of Marcel. So at 11.40... At, at the same park, I believe, right? At, or near the, the park, near park. Harrington Park. Right. So then f- uh, at 11.45, um, Francois is walking by the park uh, with... Uh, the, his friend who had his marijuana stolen. They see, uh, this is all according to the prosecution, they see um, Mr. Grace inside the park, and according to the prosecutor again, um, Francois confronts him, approaches him. Uh, they argue, and three shots are fired. The prosecutor said, that this all happened within a span of three seconds. And I think he even noted it was the type of thing that, uh, not that you hope for any violence, but that you wish was solved with fists and not a gun, right? I know. I put that in the story. It was just so telling. And I hear this so many times from law enforcement that they, although they don't condone violence by uh, fisticuffs, but they just, fisticuffs is so much better than, than, than guns. It doesn't need to escalate to that level. Is uh, that's the problem? Is when it when it fully escalates there. Um, and one so, of the other things ab- about this was <clears throat> the, uh, the earlier that day that, that uh, w- when the killing occurred, Francois was there with one of his uh, two sons playing in the park. And that's what makes us all extra sad. Uh, he that's did right. have two sons that were uh, left behind now uh, who'll never know their father so that's another reason why these things just don't need to escalate the way they do absolutely right both uh, kids are now three um there was heartfelt testimony uh and victim went went victim witness uh statements by the uh by francois family about how these two young boys are never going to know their father. Uh, they're never going to have the joy of having their father at their first athletic event. They're never going to have the joy of making a Father's Day card for him. It, it was touching, and it was just sad. And as the prosecutor said, needless. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like uh, Mr. Grace had not shown much remorse. He didn't appear to on the stand, uh, uh, although there were... Uh, 
the pro- one of the prosecutors said that um, Mr. Grace's family will be able to visit him in prison. Um, Mr. Francois's family will go to the cemetery and, and visit him. Yes, those are very. It's just very very sad. Um, this was also a plea bargain. Uh, this was lowered. He was originally charged with murder. This was reduced to, man- to manslaughter. Manslaughter. Um, now, there, in order to do that, there's often mitigating factors involved. What what did they cite as the mitigating factors in this case? I asked the D. That's the first question I asked the DA himself. I asked him, Tom Quint. I asked Tom Quinn that in the conference room at Forever Superior Court. He called it the facts and circumstances of the case. I asked him to be more specific, and I think he was being gentle. But he said that um, that there was a confrontation between the uh, the two uh, people. It happened very quickly, uh, and the victim approached Mr. Grace about a prior incident that led to the, uh, sh- to the shooting. Additionally, the uh, defendant it was only 18 at the time, and at the time um, and now does not have a criminal record. There was a case out of Taunton that Standard Times reported about, and according to Mr. Grace's lawyer, that case was dismissed. Yes, I think we actually forgot to leave that out. He is from Taunton. He is um, from Taunton. Yes, yes. The, the accused here. Um, well, and actually now the uh, the convicted. Yes. Um, so yeah, so so that brought it down from uh, what level of, of murder was it? Was it second degree? No, he was originally charged first with first degree murder. Um, it. Um, both sides, uh, the defense attorney and the uh, prosecutor, said it was a very hard-fought, uh, tough negotiated plea. Um, he will, uh, Mr. Grace, will be on probation for three years after he is released. Whether that release is either by parole or by um, uh, the c- completion of his sentence. So he is eligible for parole. He so he he could get out before even the thirteen and a half years. No, he or could no? not. He has so to that's when he's first eligible for parole is after thirteen and a half years. I believe it's he has to do. Yes, I believe it's thirteen and a half. All right, and then uh, depending on his behavior and correct, you know, and stuff, then uh, um, but he could possibly go up to eighteen and a half. Mm-hmm. How he does in prison in terms of um, availing himself of services, uh, acquiring uh, his uh, furthering his education. Well, and you, and you hope that he does those things too. You, you know, do. You hope that uh, it's not uh, two lives totally lost in this incident. You're absolutely right. I hope he learns from this. All right. So that was uh, that was a case of uh, Cyril Grace, a 20 year old from Taunton, who uh, recently pled guilty to manslaughter uh, for the murder of Marcelo Jean Francois in 2015 uh, here in New Bedford. Uh, thanks for talking with me, Kurt. Hopefully, we explained it a little bit for our uh, listeners. And uh, viewers out there, thanks again for tuning in to the Courtside with Kurt podcast and Facebook Live series. Thank you very much. Thank you, Brendan. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.